the one thing that I had to quickly realize that I didn't know so much of this stuff. I left a very lucrative job. I had no idea how to run a business, but I was already a month out and realized, hey man, there's no turning back right now. You got to make this work. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, I got Adam McChesney today. He's the owner of Height Digital in St. Louis. He's a digital marketer and serial entrepreneur. He also owns a auto glass repair shop in St. Louis and is the host of the Entre Brewer podcast that I was actually on a guest in. Uh, I was a guest on a couple weeks back. And we had a good time on that. Uh, he originally came from medical device sales, earning about 200 grand a year. And then during COVID, he took a chance on himself and transitioned into entrepreneurship in July of 2020. Height Digital is now a member of the Inc. 5000 at number 858 and was awarded Future 50 St. Louis as one of the fastest growing companies in the city. Adam, welcome to the podcast, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Excited to uh, to be here today. Thank you. Awesome, man. So let's go back. Let's go way back. Um, where did the sales itch start? Did you go straight into medical sales or did you have a job before that that had to do with some type of sales? Yeah, absolutely. So back in college, I did an internship at a company called Mr. Delivery. And at the time, it was competing with Grubhub uh, before Uber Eats was even really around. But we were competitors with Grubhub. And I was running, kind of got thrown into it as a startup uh, company, the franchises that I was at and took over three markets. And I wanted to do marketing. I really wanted to do sports management, but I realized there was no money in doing that. And that's yeah. one of my degrees in. So yeah. I, I got paid, I got paid, paid pretty well in, in college to go to bars and restaurants. I was in Columbia, Missouri, which is right across from University of Missouri. And I didn't really want to leave Columbia. And so they're like, Hey, just go start talking to these bars and restaurants that, you know, at the time I was frequenting quite a bit. And they're like, Hey, let's offer delivery services for your food because that just wasn't a thing. Grubhub wasn't really there. So right. I did that uh, for about a year and a half in college and then for the first six months after college. Uh, but then just realized like I just didn't vibe with the people that were running the company. I, I really needed to get out of the college town vibe. And so I moved back to St. Louis, um, tried to do a couple different things basically in starting a business, never really took off. And then I got into medical device sales, working with a small company here mm -hmm. uh, in St. Louis back in 2016. Did that for almost two years and then uh, went in, worked for a company called ResMed. So we were the, still, they still are the number one CPAP provider in the entire world for sleep apnea devices. Mm -hmm. And so worked my way up that company, uh, was there for three years, had some amazing experience, got to travel pretty much the entire country over a course of five years in medical device sales. Mm -hmm. Great experience, good money, things like that. But got the itch to do entrepreneurship and took a course uh, back in 2018 to learn digital marketing. So I basically oh, nice. had about two and two and a half years of runway of building websites, ranking websites, doing paid ads. And I was testing it all out myself before I really started to try to sell it to anyone because it was more of a hobby at the time. I was really intrigued by it. I was wanting to make money with it, but it was not necessarily a necessity. And then COVID happened and the rest is history. So you were just nerding out on 
SEO and organic rankings and stuff like that. Just like in oh, your yeah. spare time, it was a hobby. <laughs> yeah, no. So I like that's that's where so much of our success has really came from and why, why a lot of people resonate, um, you know, with me as a digital marketer versus a lot of other options that are out there, because most people will take a course and just trying to start to take people's money and yeah, they don't necessarily know the what they're doing. Yeah. So I actually so our auto glass company was an experiment. Right. So back in uh, 2019, right before uh, right towards the end of 2019, right before the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. I was building this auto glass repair site here in St. Louis, just kind of, again, as a joke experiment tests if you want to call it yeah. we got to the first page of google the google business listing was number one and so what we were doing at the time is we we're basically taking those leads in and we were forwarding them to other companies i had about a hundred websites and so i was basically renting out the calls or the leads and i was doing either flat fee deals retainer deals or like a commission type situation um, but the auto glass one was producing four or five six hundred calls a month and just no one could handle it so all of 2020 went when I transitioned into the digital agency full time, started to get that going and decided what could go wrong. Let's just start an auto glass company. What could be <laughs> what, what's the worst thing that could happen? I have 500 leads a month. I can yeah. figure this out. Long story short, we still have the company going. It's in a good place right now. But like very few digital marketers can actually show that they've done that. And like we've had a company that's 95% of our leads are through digital marketing using the exact same strategies we do for our clients. No, that's beautiful. And what I love about it is, is you basically were so good at what you do that you had to create a company just to support all the leads from it. That's fantastic, man. That's a great story. I'm kind of curious yeah. about the medical device sales because the, the impression that I have of that is like Jake Gyllenhaal and love and other drugs. Is that what it's like? Is was that your life back when you were doing that? <laughs> so there, there's a variety of different like truths and I guess maybe not so truths or whatever about the industry. So mm -hmm. um, there's pharmaceutical sales, which is probably more so what a lot of people are accustomed to when they think of medical device sales. And then yeah. there are certain medical device sales uh, positions that are also like that. For for what I was doing, um, we were working with both the durable medical equipment companies. So basically, if you needed a CPAP, we would sell it to that company. Okay. And then that company would then basically be the provider for the patient. Mm -hmm. And then they would kind of take care. So we were never really working with the end patients, gotcha. but we were also working with like the physicians and the sleep labs to get them to script our product mm -hmm. instead of our competitor. So yeah. it wasn't nearly as cutthroat as most industries were in. We were the dominant player in the market and they still are today, which is a great thing, but it also became a challenge at certain points because there's only so many people that are out there that are needing your stuff. There's only so many companies that can buy it. It was basically my stuff or someone else's stuff. It right. wasn't like 50 companies that they could purchase from. Right. So your market was a little, a little bit limited with that. Yeah. What, what would you say from from that point in your career, the medical device sales was kind of your I mean, what was the actual presentation you gave or I guess, how did you close? You know what I mean? Yeah. How did that come Absolutely. about? So we used a lot of uh, data in SAS in clinical studies were okay. really big. So, um, you know, uh, a CPAP is a CPAP, no different than most digital marketers and most digital marketers, but it's okay. the methodology. And then and on the CPAP side, it's really the algorithms mm -hmm. within the device that will synchronize your breathing during an apnea. So right. we were 
really focusing on the physicians to educate them to be like, hey, this is how we treat sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's a superior model versus any other algorithm or device that would be out there. So yes, the device itself or the masks themselves were cool or they might have new technology, but at the end of the day, it's the brain power behind the machine that's ultimately either going to get someone to wear a CPAP or not wear a CPAP. So it was very hard to consistently get that over to the physicians and then over to the sleep lab and then over to the durable medical equipment company right. and have everybody trained on, you know, what our software could do. So it was a, a, a very education based sale. It sounds like. Yes, absolutely. And, and that, that is one of the hardest sales to make. You know what I mean? Cause you can't just sell, you got to be on top of your product knowledge and your education. And those you basically have to be a sleep apnea doctor at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of went, went into the marketing company and then you went back and opened up a, a auto, a auto glass repair because you had so many leads from the marketing company. You, the, the reason you got into marketing in the first place, cause you were nerding out on it, which makes a lot of, a lot of sense. Uh, one of the things I noticed in your profile as well is that you guys grew to seven figures in only 15 months. How did y'all accomplish that type of growth? I mean, even I thought my company grew fast and, you know, it, it took us about two years to grow to seven figures or so, mm. a, a, about two years. And that's because it was just like hire people as fast as we can. They start making sales and the growth was exponential, right? Uh, in terms of marketing, are we taught is ad spend included in that or is that just your fee that you're charging? Yeah, no. So crazy enough, it's just our fee. So a lot of marketing agencies, even that. after five or it's at a lot I of marketing that. agencies that are even five or 10 years in are like, we're a seven figure agency. And then I I'm friends with a lot of these people right. and I don't normally boast that we're a seven figure agency for a variety of reasons, but the people that do boast are normally including and baking ad spend in there. And, gotcha. and so, yeah, so we did that in 15 months. Um, you know, the craziest part about it is I just hired my first sales girl uh, about uh, six weeks ago. Okay. So that entire, uh, basically about $1.5 million of, of runway uh, that we're at right now in the last fiscal year has all been from me. Mm -hmm. So uh, my, my sales background and also my my nerding out of what we do yeah. those two things combined have really put me in a great position to be able to have grown the company to this point but the one thing that i had to quickly realize and luckily uh about a month into going full-time into entrepreneurship i had been following so many people that were in apex and so i realized that i didn't know so much of this stuff i left a very lucrative job I had no idea how to run a business. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I was already a month out and realized, hey man, there's no turning back right now. You gotta make this work. So I hopped into Apex Entrepreneurs almost right away and going through the build your machine stuff. And really I, I took a, a, a big liking into the personal branding aspect because I realized that yes, I could sell. Yes, I could grow companies and things like that. But my previous company, it was like, hey, you only have to outsell one other company in digital marketing there's literally hundreds of thousands of options that are out there that that weave into all of these different directions so the way that we've been able to grow is, is really twofold is one i've used my personal brand my network uh referrals and case studies to really be able to do that but i've positioned myself in the market 
a lot differently than most digital marketers. You go to most digital marketers profiles and you're like, wow, I can literally smell the digital marketing and the spam off of them. They have the cover photo <laughs> that says I can get you five to 10 new solar deals or whatever oh, no. it is a month. <laughs> and, and then their, you know, their profile on there is all spam and, and, you know, a hundred percent of their content is about marketing. Yeah. I realized quickly from my first 10 clients that the reason why people wanted to do business with me was the way that I was interacting with my content online and using the build your machine method. I was connecting with people just like our end clients that are real people and entrepreneurs on the other side. So most of my content is completely derived from my personal life, from what I'm doing as an entrepreneur and the right. ups and downs that go along with it. And people resonate and connect with that. There's so many options. There's so many different ways people go with digital marketing, but people want to do business with me and my organization to be able to know that they're not just, we're not just the typical digital marketing company. So that was one aspect. The second aspect is I ran my own agency from about July of 2020 up until April of 2021. And the reason why most marketing companies have a very high turnover rate, why they struggle to grow is because of the fulfillment. They're outsourcing everything. They, they're not specialists at what they do. They try to you know, over-promise and under-deliver all that stuff. I made a pivot with my agency and merged with Height Digital. So now I'm a, a franchisee owner partner at Height Digital St. Louis. And we're the only agency in the space that does what we do. So yeah. we're basically like the Chick-fil-A of digital marketing, but we pull together all of our fulfillment resources between all of our franchisees. So not only do we have 180 plus full-time employees that we have specialists in Google ads, SEO, web design, et cetera, but we have all of this data from 700 plus clients between all these franchisees. So we're able to set people up for success, not that every campaign is gonna be a home run, but we're able to do that quicker and more efficiently Right. and waste less money and get quicker return on investment than most agencies that are out there. But we also bring that localized customer support and feel that someone would get with working with a small time agency where they're just like, hey, I want to work with the owner. I want to yeah. work with the with the account manager. We have kind of both sides of that. So that's why we've been able to grow in addition to the personal branding side. That's massive because you, you think about most marketers at this stage in, in terms of timeline, right? And they're probably not at seven figures, right? And they're also uh, maybe have 20 clients, you know, yeah. in the history of their company. And so mm -hmm. when you think about it, that's 20 case studies, right? 20, 20 times that I've kind of messed up and figured it out and at the expense of the client, unfortunately, and the cost per lead. So now you've got access to all the other franchisees in, like, like you said, 700 uh, did you say 700 total customers? Yeah. That, that was just existing. That's probably not in the lifetime of yeah. height digital. So yeah. you've got access to all those case studies. I imagine y'all, y'all group them, you know, by auto shop, glass repair places yeah. or by solar companies, whatever the case is. So you've got that kind of data to go off of. And this isn't just consumer data. This is uh, company data that what will work for them could also work for you depending on the variables involved. Right. So I'm a big, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm a big data guy because I, I actually started out at, you know, the previous owner of my business. Um, he hired me as a marketing manager for his company, and uh, it was because I, I, I knew graphic design. So that, that qualified me to be a marketing manager. <laughs> and, and so I was handling these uh, national newspaper campaigns that were, you know, we would place remnant ads in like USA Today, Honolulu Express, 
you know, LA, LA Times, like these huge papers, full page ads or whatever. And he handed me about seven years of uh, basically data on those full page ads. So I started like pulling all that data, cross checking it, twisting it different ways, figuring out, okay, you know, what time of the year should we place this ad for this product, you know? And so just playing with the data as much as I could. So I recognize how powerful that is. And so I do the same thing in my business now, you know, it's like, all right, if I hire a salesperson from Indeed, you know what I mean? On average, they're going to last this long and they're going to sell this many products, you know, and so on and so forth. Like the quality of candidate is by the pool from which I get it. And then if we put them into this product, you know, they're going to, you know, this is their average uh, sales per month or their average income that they're going to have after 90 days, you know? So playing with that data is massive. So I definitely realize how huge that is for you to have access, access to all that. That's, that's a big deal. So one of the things that um, you also talked about a little bit was making that transition, you know, cause obviously you're a good salesperson and uh, you've got the education based sale down. It's, is the, the sale you make now, so obviously it's no like and trust factor, it gets them in your door, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm doing business with Adam because I know Adam. I've been following him on social media for a couple months. He's a cool guy. He's got the Entrepreneur Podcast, which is a badass name for a podcast. And uh, I want to use him for marketing now, All right. So when you're in that presentation and you're presenting to your customer, is it still kind of an education-based sale or... Do you, do you sell an emotion at that point or how do you kind of close there? Yeah. So most marketing people sell on emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. So it's very data driven education based. So what we do is we walk basically everybody that's interested in before they get on a discovery call with us, we make a quick four to five minute digital audit video. Now we do, we do a variety of different services, but our big seller is, is website design, search engine optimization, and then Google ads. So for their website and for search engine optimization, we run through a quick four to five minute audit that analyzes their current online presence, their platform, what they're currently ranking for, how their on-site SEO is set up. Then we take a look at their Google business listing, and then we take a look at their local market. And so then we show them, hey, you know, you mentioned that you are trying to be on the first page of Google for roofing in your area. Then we highlight, you know, three or four of their top competitors that are on that first page. So they're already bought in because we've done that research. They're like, okay, they they took what I said and they're resonating with me. And they're like, hey, let's go attack this first page of Google. And then the, the, the big kicker and the selling point is like, hey, let me show you seven roofers that we're also working with in comparable markets. Let me show you the specific data in terms of the last 30 days. I was on a call the other day with the roofer and, and he was like, hey, like, do you have anybody in a similar market? Pulled up population size, pulled up this. And I was literally clicking on leads that had came in that morning. He's nice. like, you're the he's like, I've talked to so many marketers like no one can show me something that's happening in real time. So we have a leads dashboard that will walk them through everything. So that four to five minute video is before the discovery call usually even happens. By the time they get on the discovery call with us, they're educated on questions to ask us and then also where their current online presence is at. So we're not having to go back and forth and and waste everybody's time and things like that. Like we know our pricing. We know what we're going to be able to do for you. Anybody that says, oh, I got to go take an extra look and all that stuff. But we want to educate them on the front end. Um, and then there it's just like, hey, is, is now the right time to do it once we present everything? 
Do you need it a little bit? Do you got to go talk with your partner? Is mm-hmm. it just not in the budget right now type of stuff? So we try to make it as, as simple as possible, but we want people to know here's the baseline. So that way we're all on the same page where we're not like, I don't really know where your stuff's at. I can't tell you what to expect. Those types of things. So, yeah, it's, it's very I would say maybe not so much education based, but very uh, data driven. And uh, that's been huge for us. Now, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I do like that you prime them before you actually do the sales presentation. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And, and you're also building in value, you know, before you even yeah. give them the price and all that. And it, and it, you know, one of the, one of the things my guys struggle with a lot is, you know, they'll be out of door cause we do door to door sales. They'll be out of door and the, the customer, they'll be in their qualifying stage where they're trying to figure out, okay, what works for the customer, you know, what kind of usage they have, whatever the case is. And the customer will just cut them off and be like, what's the price? Stop wasting my time, that whole deal. But by sending them that four to five minute video ahead of time, what you're doing is you're building value, building value, building value, credibility, a little more value. And then by the time you they get on the call, they're like, oh, man, this sounds expensive, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you've built all that value yeah. in. And now you can mm-hmm. ask, oh, yeah. ask the qualifying questions and, and get to the meat and potatoes of it. And then at, at that point, you're closing. So love that. Yep. Love that process. Let me ask you, how has the podcast kind of, is it something that supplemented your business or what are you seeing from the podcast? Yeah. So one of the things that has gotten us to this point, but won't get us to the next point in the digital marketing agency is is me being in the sales and prospecting side of things. So I just brought on uh, Demi. So she's about six to eight weeks in um, and she's already closing deals. She's basically taken over, you know, the entire pipeline. What I'm trying to do now is because it's really been you know, everybody knows Hype Digital because I talk about it all the time. Everybody knows our team, things like that. But what I'm really trying to do is separate the Adam McChesney from the Hype Digital St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Separating the Adam McChesney is, is also included with the entrepreneur stuff. So my goal for my podcast, my YouTube channel, a lot of the content is really to speak on more stages, to get into opportunities like what we did with the Autoglass company, but do it in existing businesses where we come in uh, potentially either in a merger or acquisition or just come in as kind of like a, a outsourced chief marketing officer officer or consultant type role. But that's where I want to be spending, you know, the majority of my time in the future, speaking on stages, M&A, and then on that chief marketing officer type of side of things. So for me, it's not necessarily like if I get leads from it, great, but I want to be able to continue to build my personal brand. And it's really gotten out me out of my comfort zone for the podcast and for the YouTube channel because I've been so comfortable just seeing leads come in from Facebook, Instagram, and, and uh, LinkedIn for the most part for the last two years. No, that's massive. And, and the, you know, and I, I couldn't agree more that what the podcast did for me is it got me used to public speaking in general, right? I, I do it with my guys all the time when I'm training and, I, and I'm doing stuff like that, or we're having a Christmas party and I'm talking, I'm doing the state of the union with the company, um, Zoom meetings, all that stuff. But what the podcast does is it, it gets you thinking on your feet in the moment, right? And so much of speaking from stage is that, right? I have presentations that I'm going to give or whatever and things I know I'm going to walk through, but sometimes you have to adapt to your audience or adapt to what's happened. The speaker right before maybe cover the, some of the same things. So you got to, again, adapt, right? So you get really good at, at speaking after that. And then uh, I like what you're saying also too about um, – Rainmaking basically for your company, whether it's, you know, a general marketing consumer or it's a lead that can turn into maybe 
uh, like you said, a, a, a fractional CFO or CMO type position to where you're actually getting a piece of the pie now. Uh, I know a, a lot of people in our group do that, you know, like Samuel Smith is one of them. Uh, Jeff Giovanni, <laughs> his last name's <laughs> tough. The mattress guy, right? He's doing consulting yeah. for a lot of other mattress companies and stuff like that. That's become a thing now. Like, hey, instead of paying this big fee up front for me, you know, tie me into the bottom line. You know, I'll take a piece for six months or something like that, consult with you for 90 days. And, you know, we both go our separate ways after that. That's been working out really well. So that's exciting for you guys. Yeah. Um, that kind of answers what's next for your business. Is there anything else in there in terms of Height Digital St. Louis that, you know, you guys are looking looking forward to? And anything changing in the marketplace in terms of digital marketing? Yeah. So in terms of what is on the horizon for us at, at Height Digital St. Louis, we're really trying to, to grow our teams. So um, bringing in Demi as kind of taking over our sales department mm -hmm. is going to be a huge growth factor for us. We continue to add account managers that meet with our clients um, either weekly, biweekly, or monthly, depending upon their preference and what package they're on. Um, so no outside of the box changes there. You know, the biggest thing when it comes to to all of these algorithms and the search engines and, and things like that is, is they're always changing, you know? So people are always like, Hey, can I just do SEO or can I do Google ads one time and be fixed? Um, that it's a bandaid to a much larger problem, um, or not necessarily problem, but an opportunity, right? So the biggest thing that we see that will continue to happen is really the return on investment is going to be so much higher and has always been when it comes to search engine optimization. What we're seeing across all platforms when it comes to ad spend, specifically the big ones, you know, your Google ads, your Facebook and Instagram and stuff, those costs per clicks are continuing to rise as is a lot of everything in the economy. And that's right. going to continue to happen. Search engine optimization is a flat fee, right? So whether you get one call or you get a thousand calls, you're going to pay the same price. So your return on investment, the more you do it, the better it goes, things like that but continuing to build out the content wherever you're doing it. So if that's for your company, if that could be your YouTube channel, that could be reels on any of these platforms, or it could just be writing blogs or hiring an agency to write blogs. So I think those things are all gonna continue to be front and center, but as things go in the market, everything's gonna be more expensive when it comes to ad spend. So right. really focusing, you know, the ad campaigns are great, because you can turn them on tomorrow and you can start seeing stuff come through the, the slow cooker, the, the, not the overnight success type of stuff is that SDO, but you know, we have living proof of it, that it works and we're doing it for ourselves and our other companies as well. So I would just say, continue to invest in that search engine optimization, even though that shiny object of ad campaigns might seem super nice and easy and cool. Um, it's great. And you can even work long-term, but it's not going to be the end of LBL. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, in the in the solar industry in general you know if you're in a smaller market you're not fighting as much for seo um but even in like three hundred thousand, like our main market is corpus christi right when we when we started in corpus christi we were like second page maybe number 18 or something like that you know and then we started investing in seo and now we're like number five you know within yep. six months you know and, it, oh, yeah. and it's a long-term growth plan that we're doing with the seo uh, versus like, you know, paid, paid ads are tough, man. Especially like in solar right now, it's a hot, expensive lead. You know what I mean? And, and <laughs> yeah. then, and then you're, you're not just buying a lead, you're buying a lead that's shopping. Right. So that, that's, you know, going from door to door, which is they're not even thinking about solar until we knock on their door 
provided it hasn't been knocked a lot, right? Uh, to to a paid ad, like they're looking for it, and they're they have six other quotes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like. <laughs> A lot of times consumers won't let you compare apples to apples, but if you develop a relationship with them and, and you're their first option for solar that they've ever heard of, even if they shop you after that, you've developed that relationship and you're kind of like their first, so you're special to them, you know what I mean? So it makes it a little, oh, yeah. makes it a little bit easier with door-to-door, but it does help that whenever they go and Google solar panels or solar in Corpus Christi, they're going to get top five is going to be your company. I mean, there's the credibility yeah. right there on top of the impulse the impulse purchase right so when we got on the call we were talking a little bit about the uh the uh, barn doors behind you there that are covering your whiteboard and you're telling me how your wife put those together so a question i always like to ask at the uh end of every show is you know what does legacy mean to you and what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind i i don't think we got into it question when i was a guest or since then like do you have kids or how does that all Play in there. Absolutely. So we've been married. Our, our anniversary is coming up uh, in two weeks. It'll be three years. No oh, kids right now. Um, no kids right now. We do have a dog named Georgie. Um, you know, for me, my my mind shift just about what I wanted my legacy to really be shifted after mm-hmm. we got married. So that's kind of at the end of 2019. That's when we got married, and I realized that the future of working in medical device sales was lucrative from a potential money standpoint. But the more and more I wanted to essentially go up the ladder there, I was just going to be working more hours, not making that much more money and traveling a lot. And I didn't want to be away from home. We are in the process of planning to, to have kids here, uh, hopefully here very soon. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always thought about, I didn't want to be that dad that was, missing practices that had to say, Hey son, I'm sorry, I can't be here. Hey daughter, I can't be here because my boss says I have to do X, Y, and Z. So for me, I want to live a life by design and freedom and work when I want, where I want for my family, but be able to pass down the, the values that I have and that my wife and I have together to be able to help them live our legacy after after we're gone. So I want to lead by example and not just in, in what I do, but how I talk and how I operate. But for so many people in, in my family for generations, some of them are entrepreneurs, some of them are not, um, love them all. But a lot of it has always been money focused. Yeah. And I, while I do want money, you know, money doesn't solve everything. It does solve a lot of problems. But I having money at 26, making $200,000 a year to now five years later, being an entrepreneur and seeing the ups and downs, um, I've kind of seen it all. And I've been through, you know, the hardships of all that stuff and money is not everything. And so I want them to see the best of both worlds and to live, help them understand what living a life by design means. So that way they can do it and pass it down for their kids as well. So long winded answer, but kind of gives you a background on, on what's important for for me leaving that legacy. Well, I like the long-winded answer, right? Because that means you've actually thought about this and put thought into it and probably written it down. You know what I mean? And uh, so many people that I have on the show, you know, it is it is already in their uh, wind, windshield sights, you know? And they're looking, looking towards that goal or have that legacy in their mind or whatever the case is. And so that's why I always ask that, that question. I know the, the show is building great sales teams, but, you know, one of the things that me and the producer always talk about is in order to build a great sales team, you got to build a great leader. In order to be a great leader, 
you have to want to leave behind a great legacy. You know what I mean? It's got to be the purpose behind the leadership that actually pushes you to do what you do every day. And in your case, the purpose is freedom, right? And the values is, uh, helps us work towards that mission of freedom, right? You're willing, Absolutely. you're willing to put in the work early on. And, you know, you guys are, are smart in that you're planning it, right? So you probably put in 60, you know, 50, 60 hours a week when you're first starting out your agency, you know, but, and yep. then you said, Hey, we're not gonna have kids yet. Cause we're building this business. And now the, the business is getting some of those automations. You're more the CEO than the salesperson. So you're like, okay, now I can actually be there for my kids. So let's talk about starting a family. Very smart way to do it. Instead of the way that I did it is started my business when my daughter was three months old and then had two more kids. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I was, absolutely. I was headed down that path that you're talking about, but course corrected over the last couple of years, thanks to our mutual uh, organization that we're a part of in, in apex. So all that, all that being said, um, I appreciate you coming on the, the show today. You know, it's been some enlightening stuff. You know, I love what you're doing in terms of your uh, franchise in, in St. Louis. And then the way you're approaching your business in the uh, education-based sale versus the impulse sale. And then you're 100% right. You're separating yourself from a lot of other marketers that every piece of their profile is a pitch. You know what I mean? And it's all about <laughs> leads. And I can get you leads for free and you don't pay until you close and all this crap that's out there that just kind of gets whitewashed and nobody listens to anymore. So it's nice to see somebody building their, building their uh, attractive character online and then converting those leads into a real business. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I had a great, I had a great time on the podcast. Love what you're doing. I'm a huge fan. So keep it up and uh, appreciate you having me on man. It means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. If, uh, if somebody wants to reach out, you know, we have a ton of, different sales organizations and, and uh, sales teams that listen to this type stuff. Uh, how do they, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. On social media, the easiest way is Instagram. So my handle is Adam L McChesney. That's M C C H E S N E Y. And then you can also go to Adam McChesney.com where you'll find out everything about our podcast, high digital St. Louis. And we, we work with businesses all over the country. So um, we don't have just a St. Louis barrier or anything like that, but mm-hmm. then you can also see stuff about everything else and all my other social links on there as well. Fantastic. And we'll include those in the, the show notes as well. Awesome. Thanks again, Adam. Thanks, man. Let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.